Hi. Sure, you're having a good time. Well, today I really want to talk about where I'm from, northern Nigeria. And uh, it's it's kind of saddening when sometimes you think about yourself growing without a vision. And uh, that's speaking personally as a as an individual. You know, you would like to have a plan in the next five years, 10 years where you're headed, uh, 30 years where you're headed. Uh, but where I'm from, uh, you know, not trying to demarket where I'm from, but I'm trying to call on people to actually have a reflection because we're having a generation of kids. I have a child. I know a lot of people who have kids, young ones really coming up and growing, but they appear to be growing into a society that has no clear vision. There's so much animosity in the environment. You know, growing up with this environment, within this environment, I beg your pardon, everything, we were like a huge family, you know. Uh, everybody was like one. But uh, right now, there's so much hostility. And that hostility towards one another has given a breathing space for all sorts of, you know, crimes within that environment because people have become highly intolerant towards one another members of the same family within different faiths now don't even wish each other well what happened to us now that's not where my problem is completely my problem actually has to do with the way this animosity and discordance in our hearts has been able to tamper and dampen you know development within the region because the wealthy oligarchy within the northern part of the country are milking the region dry because we have huge numbers for the election we have everything it takes to control power within the country because no matter how it uh, rotates we have you know the highest population with the land mass in the country you have the southeastern part of the country you have the southwest you have the south south but when you look at the map of nigeria the north has the bulk of the votes you know and uh, this is supposed to supposedly be you know to our advantage sadly it isn't like that the region is backward check the igr uh the internally generated revenue from the states it's nothing to write home about the people are wallowing in abject poverty and the only thing you find in this region is hostility and animosity against one another so you ask yourself what's the vision that's been laid out by the leaders of that region the the rich the super rich and the elite of that region what do they have what's the plan for the next 50 years in northern nigeria we are besieged already you know for almost a decade plus we'll be combated you know insurgency this has basically to me turned into a business where you continue to earn huge sums of money into peacekeeping and fighting you know this insurgents clearly knowing that there's an internal sabotage you've heard reports on bbc you know and uh, and several other media platforms like the voice of america in house where they talk about you know issues where there's been sabotage internally the soldiers you know heading towards a specific place to to attack this insurgents uh, all of a sudden they're being ambushed and they waylay them you know the insurgents how were they able to get the intelligence how were they able to get intelligence a lot of nigerians have been asking questions on that and this thing tends to fester and sustain itself because a lot of people are making money some would call it blood money and you know what it is 
but nobody is speaking out the region is actually dying because in the next 50 to 100 years you won't find anything here apart from bigotry and abject poverty people need to wake up and find out this isn't even about you know uh extremism this is majorly about a region that can sustain itself in the next century and the people are not thinking nobody's asking questions where are we headed we wake up every day and the only thing we think about is to criticize other people who are not like us no innovation no technology we don't come up with anything that would better the lives and the lots of the people there aren't we supposed to wake up and ask questions this is my call today northern nigeria we need to begin to ask questions because in the next few years to come the southwestern part of the country have taken over tech and the banking industry what are we holding on to power for how long are you going to be holding on to power when the other structures and apparatus that runs government or apparatus that runs government are not there and non-existent because you're not going to be a parasite feeding off somebody else and leeching off his wealth we need to ask ourselves questions because this wouldn't continue to sustain itself how will we be able to reflect on this once again i'm idris Okay, now I would like to talk about the Human Development Index, the HDI, a little bit so people could really have a glimpse of what uh, I was saying on the previous segment that I recorded about the vision for Northern Nigeria. First of all, according according to the United Nations definition, um, uh, a HDI is a summary measure for assessing long-term progress in three basic dimensions of human development healthy life access to knowledge and a decent standard of living so major items set as parameters for determining the human development index or how uh, well people are doing within a specific place are just four first you have productivity second equity third sustainability and lastly, empowerment for the sake of communications. I don't like this jargon. They sound too too lofty for the common man. I'm, trust me, uh, we're not keeping these things in the classroom. Because if the ordinary man on the street cannot really relate to this, then we've not really uh, made any impact. Knowledge is not really serving the community. Let me break it down a little bit. It is actually a comparative measurement of life expectancy, literacy, education and living standards four things measurement of life expectancy literacy education and living standards now quickly let's see uh there's been ranking i think the last ranking by the undp united nations development program um had it uh, it had it at 2016 the last uh you know ranking for different states in nigeria but let me start for from the most recent one from Radbound university Nijmegen and uh, it had this ranking I, I, summarily i'll just go through some with emphasis more on uh, some couple of states uh first let me start in nigeria the hdi ranking started from medium to low there's no high basically so it started from number one lagos with 0.686 you know which is comparable to countries like morocco uh, second position is ogun state with 0.675 comparable to countries like iraq uh, third, we have Anambra with 0.668, uh, 
you know, HDI as of 2019, comparable to countries like uh, Tajikistan, you have a number three, uh, sorry, countries like Iraq, Ogun State is 0.675, I think I skipped it, second, 0.675, Iraq, third, we have Anambra, 0.668, uh, comparable to countries like Tajikistan, uh, number 18 ranking, I'm skipping it all the way to 18, uh, you see you have states like Benue, 0.609, Vanuata, uh, comparable to countries like Vanuata, ranking at number 19. You have Nasara State, 0.581, comparable to countries like Angola. And uh, number 22, you have countries like Plach, uh, states like Plateau State in Nigeria, uh, with a ranking HDI of 0.569. It's at the ranking of number 22, HDI index 0.569. Uh, comparable to countries like Syria and number two and three ranking you have states like Kogi that's a 2019 HDI 0.563 comparable to countries uh, such as Cambodia now let's go down to the low human index uh, states uh, it starts from number 24 uh, you have Borno state with 0.517 comparable to countries like Togo uh, ranking number 25 Kaduna state 0.516 HDI as a 2019 and uh, it's comparable also to countries like Togo you have Niger and Kano with 0.488 and 0.487 respectively comparable to countries like Ethiopia and 31 on the low human uh, index uh, that's been the low human development index that's being ranked here you have 0 0.429 HDI as of 2019 and um, this is comparable but you say it's comparable to countries like Burundi and South Sudan South Sudan well now for 2016 UNDP ranking I just go to the last, uh, I think five or six that are were <laughs> dragging for the last spot. Uh, ironically, they all happen to be from the northern uh, part of the country. And and uh, uh, first, thirty-one, you have Kano. Thirty-two, you have Zamfara. Uh, thirty-three, you have Borno. As a uh, ranking number thirty-four, as a two thousand and sixteen by UNDP, you have Yobe. Uh, thirty-five, you have Bauchi. 36 Kasena and 37 you have Sokoto states uh, which is the last actually uh, 37 so these are the numbers basically these are just the numbers you could look it up and check it out on Wikipedia and do a Google search and find out the UNDP ranking and also the Radbound University Niji uh, Nijmegen um, ranking for 2019 and 2016 respectively uh, sadly at the bo bottom you have the northern states and uh, uh, the sad thing about this is the way government is being run is that uh, the more landmass you have and the more population you have, the more federal you know seats you have at the national assembly and the legislative you know house. So you have more people representing you, you know, at the top echelons of power. But uh, you have this ranking. How do you reconcile this paradox? You know, this is totally uh, ambiguous. Uh, because it doesn't really reconcile itself. Uh, we have uh, more access to power. We're in position. And uh, basically, when people talk about national cake in Nigeria, it's about who really is within government and possibly you have state control. So you have access to state resources and coffers. And uh, we are at the bottom. I told you, for UNDP 2016, it was northern state i read from uh, radbound university 2019 your northern states you know so why that's the question are you thinking what i'm thinking <laughs> <laughs>
well, I'm not, I'm not really even thinking anything. But it looks like a deliberate sabotage, isn't it? Well, or could it be that there's greed somewhere? Well, I think people need to go through the numbers. First thing they will try to do is to invalidate this research and this results, making it seem like it is a Western or some sort of like conspiracy to just blackmail the entire region. And people just buy that completely. But look around you and find out for yourself. Do your index by yourself and check how good are we doing. Then travel and compare yourself to other people from other places. Then you'll be sure. Now you have the numbers. You ruminate on that and you think for yourself. Good day to you. You're welcome in today's edition of the program Talking Points. Once again, I'm Idris at Aladi Desk and you're welcome on the show. Um, today we'll be looking at insecurity in the north, uh, northern Nigeria, where for quite some time now, the issue of banditry and kidnap has become very popular and uh, hoodlums and bandits have been on on a spree you know picking up innocent people you know soft targets within the environment or within their communities or wherever that they found themselves in and uh, they demand for ransom in millions you know uh, from ordinary citizens the abuja kaduna highway express way was very popular for that it was uh, renowned for being a hotspot for kidnaps um, which made a lot of people to opt for the train you know but I take it all the way back to the time of uh, former president Goodluck Johnson uh, the issue of uh, kidnap started becoming popular with the issue of the Chibok girls and uh, you know as usual the non-governmental organization and CSOs would tell you that um, this is an issue of attack on women and girls so a whole lot of propaganda was created around that and it helped you know somehow in the toppling down of uh, the government the former pre- uh, president then of uh, President Goodluck Bella Jonathan uh, this time uh, we see the same issue linger on. I can remember then uh, the election was extended a little bit uh, because uh, there was an inability for the government supposedly. Uh, we assumed because even the president made it clear that because there was no security, so there was no need for us to have elections then. And uh, the opposition parties were not really happy about that. At the moment, banditry has become very popular in northern Nigeria. And uh, if I should put on the TV right now, I'm very sure I wouldn't stay for 15 minutes before I see uh, some of the headlines, you know, showing that um, something new must have happened yesterday. Uh, even yesterday, I think it's been reported on Channels TV that about 20 women were abducted in the first day. Um, generally, let, let me focus on what banditry is. What is banditry, first of all? Uh, banditry could be said to be a type of an organized crime committed by outlaws typically involving threats or use of violence one who engages in this is known as a bandit 
you know and uh, oftentimes this uh, bandits commit extortion robbery murder uh either as individuals or as groups now not up to a month ago i think uh, federal high court of abuja i decided to declare uh bandits and their activities as acts of terrorism um uh, the uh, the governor of kaduna state has never you know been in sync uh with the philosophies and ideology when it comes to how best this issue should be treated um that's speaking about uh, Sheikh Ahmed Gumi uh, both of them have been on two opposite ends but I think that's just um, they just happen to pacify the two divides because if you check generally um, almost everywhere there, there are people who are divided on the two sides should we have negotiations with bandits or shouldn't we now quickly we'll make a reference to the independent people of Biafra uh where they made their demands you know during time good luck Jonathan and uh, a lot of them got scholarship and all and some have argued that that should be a premise to give the call from this uh, person says uh legitimate but it complicates the matter all the more when the federal government tried to engage them you know going to the case with Shagama Gumi and uh when the government gives ransom this what the government actually said is when anytime they give out ransom to these people or they give out monies you know just so that the issue will be settled there's usually a problem these people recant and they renege on the agreement with the federal government and they go back to their crimes so it's like you just can't strike a deal with the devil but are they really devils because if you spend your time and you listen to both sides of which that's what media and journalism should be about being balanced they appear to be having a legitimate reason well that's subject to debate it depends on uh which side of the story you feel you have more sympathy for or empathy for um they'll tell you that uh, they have been neglected by government anytime you have you know criminal gangs rising up like this in any section of the country the first thing they tell you is neglect so your trap could just come wake up one day and say they're going to protest and they'll pick up guns because the federal government has marginalized them except for the fact that if you watch on the videos on youtube because a lot of people when i say some certain things because i might not play the clips because of copyright issues but they're there on youtube you can check and stream them there are videos where you see these people claiming that they've been used and dumped and that in some way shows you that there are close ties between these bandits and the political class so when the federal government says it's not going to negotiate with these people they're not going to back down and that's what Sheikh Ahmed Gumi has been trying to explain if you don't engage them they won't back down using brute force wouldn't work on them but the innocent citizens are the ones who are suffering we are tired of this because about 24 persons were burnt during the Sokoto killings officially as it was being made uh, uh, public by the commissioner of police there I think Okunola CP Okunola now 24 people were killed and i think burned in a bus 
that was conveying about 38 persons based on the reports even though uh, the figures the initial figures um contradicted what came later and i think uh the police officially apologized for that because they made some inquiries from people who are resident who were around the scene of the event or the incidents so that at some point triggered a huge population of the young people in the north to react on social media to call out the leaders of the north but, but you know this doesn't really work in the north and it's to the advantage of the north because it keeps the structure intact but the only problem with that is it doesn't usually put pressure on the leaders to become accountable to the people if people have too much freedom and they're able to question authority the next problem that might come in is there might be anarchy and disorder in the system everybody would just wake up any day and just declare a protest and we know the situation down here drug abuse out of school children and all that that would be a massive mess so we don't even want that to happen but at least that showed leaders in the north that there's a problem now to continue with this debate at the moment we have a situation still where the only goal between Sheikh Ahmed Gumi has been pulled out so he doesn't negotiate any longer because he feels he's been tagged as a bandit too so he has pulled out his service the Nigerian uh, the Nigeria or Nigerians treat him fairly on that that's another issue subject to debate how banditry became a huge business is actually another question to address so it's been pulled out negotiations has been pulled out but these people have become all the way stronger the kidnaps have increased watching on uh, on uh, on the news we learned that yesterday about 50 thugs went to disrupt pdp uh congress that was taking place in the state of which the deputy governor is trying to put the blame on the uh on the ruling party because of the defection of the you know his uh principal that's the governor himself to uh the opposition party he left from pdp to the apc that's bello matoli his excellency the executive governor of the first state now aside that there's another issue which i am raising up because this is just a primer this is an introduction to uh, further discussions i'll be having with the senior special assistant to the governor of uh, Zephyr State. I'll be hosting Zelani Bapa uh, on the program to be speaking more and giving us insight on this. There are complaints by elders in Zephyr State that there's been indiscriminate release of bandits and their collaborators. Who's responsible and who is behind that? What are trials? That the reason why these criminals have become emboldened is because they get released. By who? I'm sure the poor peasant wouldn't be able to release them. It appears that there's a complicity between the elite and the powerful class and these criminals and the bandits. And at any given time that the political class disappoints them, the poor masses suffer. Now, they're saying, represented by uh, former Senator Saidu Dan Sadao, that they don't want that. 
there shouldn't be further indiscriminate release of this you know abandoned another thing is with the declaration that the activities of this bandits are now to be talked as terrorist activities would it change anything just bluff do we think mr president could really check this what's the fate of northern nigeria in this with regards to banditry what have nigerians done to the bandits or what has the government done to the bandits these are questions we should be asking but to get a full picture we will be having on a program a brief interview with the senior special assistant to the governor of Zafar State, who is quite familiar with the terrain and they know the challenges that they've been through in Zafar State, where I think the banditry gained its notoriety. So I'd like to urge you not to miss out on the next uh, episode that will be released on Talking Points. Furthermore, Citizens should be involved in ensuring that security is being restored in northern Nigeria. Do have a lovely day ahead of you.